I was like trying to remember. I was googling quotes to try to find what, what I wanted to do, and I was telling Chris, I like I couldn't remember what the movie was called, and I, I almost googled like Oz Four Realms. <laughs> I mean, like, to be fair, can we talk about the crossover? You're pretty about, much like, there. What if you had like a generator of like <laughs> shitty Disney reboots where it's like the birth month is the franchise, and then like, right first letter the, of your first name. Is... Yeah, the the day is like any number of like shitty fantasy bullshit phrases to append onto that. Right. So, so like Four Realms, the, the four realms, forest, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bottomless well. The Beyond. <laughs> Magical mayhem. That's, that's a catchy title. I want to know more about this great beyond. Oz the great beyond. <laughs> when we do do that Fantastic Beasts mini episode that we'll someday do about like the weirdness of making a franchise around the phrase Fantastic Beasts and then have a sequel that doesn't really like that at like, all. Crimes of Grindelwald. Right. It's not even like Fantastic <laughs> Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. It's Fantastic Beasts colon yeah. the Crimes of Grindelwald. So like why did you shoot yourself in the foot in the yeah, first place I mean, by calling it Fantastic Beasts? It should have just been Wizarding World. Right. Yeah. That's what you're right. That's exactly. what or just call it the like, Crimes of Grindelwald. The press is just shoving that franchise name onto exactly. us now because they kind of realize like oops we we know the original brand name was this but then we decided we're gonna do this like pre-wizard war yeah thing. i mean just kidding rolling makes a lot of fun just call creative wizard decisions wars. right with wizard wars wizard wars i mean zingy it works tells you what you're gonna get cocktail, talk about what they like, what they didn't like, and how they would fix it. I am Brendan Zoroaster, Phaedric, Isaac, Norman, Henkel, Emmanuel, Ambrose, Trishley. That's my name. Uh, I'm Chris. I like it. I think it's cute. I hope you like it, Ravel. And I am Lee. There's so much good here, it sickens me. (laughs) Uh, A natural cackle. Yeah, so much acting going on here right now. (laughs) In case you couldn't tell by the sheer amount of acting that's going on here, the movie we were doing for this episode is 2013's Oz the Great and Powerful, directed by Sam Raimi, starring James Franco, Mila Kunis, Rachel Weisz, Michelle Williams, uh, Zach Braff's voice is there as a monkey, Joey King's a little China doll girl. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Bill Cobb's a tinker. Uh, Abigail Spencer is in there in the very beginning. Huh? She's the she's the girl that he's kind of macking on at the. Oh oh movie. yeah, you're really into her for some reason. She's, she's been in a lot of TV yet. shows I've watched. I like her. All right, well, special shout out to Abigail Spencer. You keep doing you, girl. <laughs> so. This is a big, goopy CGI mess, which we'll get into momentarily. And of course, when you're watching a big, goopy CGI mess, it helps if you're sufficiently inebriated. So what do we do? We had a cocktail. And what was that drink that we made? The drink that we made was called a ruby slipper, despite the fact there are no ruby slippers in this movie. Mm-hmm. Legally, they can't be. It is two ounces of gin, one ounce of lime juice, one ounce of unsweetened cranberry juice, the pure stuff, baby, and half an ounce of simple syrup. So you're just going to throw that all into a cocktail shaker with ice, strain it into a glass. We threw some lime on there for a little bit of pop and garnish, and that was the drink? Would you guys think? Delicious. It was yeah. the best drink we've had in months. Yeah, it was so good. We are. I would have this drinking at any time. We're up to a strong early game with yeah. this drink. You yeah. know what I mean? We're not that. We're not that far into this season for us. 
Um, this is already a pretty high, pretty high point for us. It was yeah. delicious. It was tart. It was sweet, but not overwhelmingly yeah. sweet. You would get this in a bar. A bartender yeah. would serve this to you, and you would tip well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would 100% make this again. It's sort of like a much better Cosmo in terms of, like, it has some of the similar flavors, but I think using gin elevates it to a yeah. much more adult, less, like, A little like, more you know, sophisticated palate. Right. Yeah. Less yeah. of a, I just want to get tanked and sugar high. More yeah. of a, I want, I, want to, I want to feel that bite along with the tartness of the fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it matched as well with uh, the color scheme of the movie. It's it very sure bright does. and jewel-toned. <laughs> Had it been green, it would have worked better, but, you know, you can't have a lot of drinks that taste good and are green. And I cocktail. tried, I looked into it. Oh, my God. They're all bad. Um, Aside from margaritas, they all taste Midori, bad. No. Never, all right, it's yeah. creme de menthe or Midori. That's all you got. And honestly, never fucking again with don't want, yeah, we could probably, We could figure it with food dye. We could have figured something out with food dye, but it's nice to be genuine, you know? No. Um... All right. Well, having discussed our delicious drink, Chris, why don't you go into the Wikipedia summary for the movie, Oz the Great and Powerful? All right. Here we go. In 1905, Kansas, Oscar Diggs is a magician and con artist in a traveling circus. The circus strongman learns Oscar has flirted with his wife and threatens him. Oscar escapes in a hot air balloon, but is sucked into a tornado that takes him to the land of Oz. There he encounters the naive witch, Theodora, that is an understatement, who believes him to be the wizard prophesized to become the king of Oz by defeating the wicked witch who killed the previous king. The idea of being a wealthy monarch makes Oscar accept the role. En route to the Emerald City, Theodora falls in love with Oscar, though he does not reciprocate her feelings. They encounter the flying monkey, Finley, who pledges a life debt to Oscar when he saves him from a lion. Oscar reveals that his deception to Finley enforces him to maintain the idea that he is a wizard. At the Emerald City, Theodora's older sister, Evanora, tells Oscar that the Wicked Witch resides in the Dark Forest and can be killed by destroying her wand. On the way to the forest, they are joined by an orphaned living China doll whose village and family were destroyed by the Wicked Witch. The three reach the forest and discover the Wicked Witch is the late king's daughter, Glinda the Good Witch, and Evanora is the true Wicked Witch. Evanora sees this with her crystal ball, and tricks Theodora into thinking Oscar is trying to court all three witches at once. (laughs) She offers Theodora a magic apple to quote-unquote remove the heartache, but it turns her into a hideous green-skinned creature. Glinda brings Oscar's group to her domain to escape Evanora's army of winkies and flying baboons. She confines in Oscar that she knows he is not the wizard but believes he can help stop Evanora. He reluctantly takes charge of an army of quadlings, tinkers, and munchkins. Theodora enters Glinda's domain and angrily reveals her new hideous appearance to Oscar before threatening to kill him and his allies with the Emerald City's well-prepared army. Oscar despairs at his chance of victory, but after telling China Girl about the exploits of his hero Thomas Edison, he conceives a plan that relies on trickery. Glinda and her subjects mount a fake attack on the Emerald City using a pulley rig army of scarecrow puppets hidden by the thick fog. The witches are tricked into sending their flying baboons through a poppy field that puts them to sleep, but Glinda is captured in the process. Meanwhile, Oscar infiltrates the Emerald City with his allies, but apparently abandons them in a hot air balloon loaded with gold, which Theodora destroys with a fireball. As the Wicked Sisters prepare to kill Glinda, Oscar appears having faked his betrayal and death. Using a hidden smoke machine and image projector, he presents a giant image of his face as his true form and a fireworks display to intimidate the wicked witches. Evanora fearfully hides in her castle while Theodora flees on her broom, unable to hurt the invincible wizard. Oscar offers to Theodora that she would be welcome to return if she overcomes her wickedness, but Theodora refuses and flies away to the west, laughing maniacally, leaving Oscar saddened. China Girl frees Glinda from her restraints with her wand, and she engages Evanora in a magical duel in the throne room. Glinda destroys Evanora's emerald necklace, revealing her true hag-like appearance, 
and banishes her from the city. Evanora is carried away by a pair of flying baboons as she vows re as she vows revenge. Oscar, now ruler of Oz, uses his projector to sustain the belief that he is a powerful wizard. He presents gifts to his friends. Master Tinker, who helped him build his machines, receives Oscar's jackknife, while Nuck, the grumpy munchkin herald, receives a mask with a smiley face, and the long-suffering Finley receives Oscar's friendship, along with his top hat, and China Girl accepts her friends as her new family. Finally, Oscar takes Glinda behind the curtains of his projector, thanks her for making him a better person, and they kiss. I feel like only one one of those is a good present, and it's uh -huh. the jackknife. And it's a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Something that it kind of like stuck out to me a little bit while I was reading that, the fact that he is like his my hero Thomas Edison really does make him stand out as a dickbag worth nothing. Because well, like Edison well, also just like... As Lee, Lee was saying yeah. during this, that at the time... At the time, people probably weren't aware, especially if you like getting all this from your sort of like relatively hick southern education you probably True. don't know what was going on behind the right. scenes it's the sort of thing that like we as viewers can look at and be like oh fuck this guy yeah. but at the time it would make sense for him to idolize that's Edison. true yeah. the thing that I had hit upon whenever you were uh, going through this is whenever you had said the part about Theodore is manipulated into thinking that he's courting all three witches and I was thinking I about how I, not quite well I mean it does happen she because does, she does shows, like, she shows the music boxes like he gave me this last night we danced right. the whole night it was so great yeah but Evanor also says like he told me I'd be queen yeah. at some point. Like, she's, like, actually perpetuating. Mm. Yeah, but the thing that made me think of this is whenever we're watching Jupiter Ascending, I was like, I wish this were more of a dating sim. No. Like, maybe this is more <laughs> this of a dating sim. <laughs> this is the dating sim. It's like, you're the witch of Oz. instead of the, the sort of, like, lead character, she's just one of the options. It's <laughs> just one of, the, one of the witches you could yeah. bone in this dating sim. Oh my god, which it really witch? is. It's like, <laughs> there you go. Which witch? <laughs> the Wizard of Oz and which witch? Which, in, in that situation, which one would you? Which witch would you? Which witch? I, I, would, Glinda was I mean, you gotta get Glinda, right? Glinda's the intelligent one. Yeah. yeah. Although I would definitely, like, so I would probably. Because, like, I usually. <laughs> is this, like, a like, very fuck kill thing? Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I, I definitely always go. I lean towards the Machiavellian characters, too, like the sneaky ones. So Evelyn would probably be a contender for me. Yeah, Theodore is definitely on the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, I think like, she's, she's not very right. Whenever you, like, kiss her once, she, she's like, we're getting married she's now. She's the equivalent of, like, the child prince in that <laughs> yeah, dancing yes, game, yes, like, a yeah. fucking idiot who can't do shit right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only he turned into, like, a terrifying green monster. <laughs> what a when better ending that would be. Yes, exactly. He shows up at the final ball. He's like, look what you did to me. Yeah, you just, made me green. Everything comes back to Princess debut, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should, uh, that's our goal for the rest of this year. Every movie has to somehow tie into Princess debut. That's actually the Game in the history. That was I, wish I, could, I wish I could play Princess Debut again, but it's like such an OG DS game. I don't know that I have It's so rest. simplistic. That's the hidden theme of, of this season of Why Watch. We yeah. make everything into Princess Debut. You guys, just go play Princess Debut. Just, or find, find a great dating sim. Um, <laughs> anyway, movie. back to this movie, right? So the first thing that I kind of wanted to go into is the general weirdness of kind of sort of making a prequel to a movie that you don't have the rights to. Yeah. Now, so I guess I have, I have some basic yes. questions here. Is like Start. The rights to the stuff in the book because mm -hmm. it's based on a book. So they can still say things like Munch. Right. right, so the book is in the public domain. Okay. Anything from the book is fair game. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. There are a lot of changes that were made from the book to the 1939 movie. And the thing of it is, because the movie is such a cultural touchstone for, like, most of America, mm -hmm. those are the things you associate with The Wizard of Oz more so than the book. So, like, in the book, 
Dorothy has silver slippers. In the movie, she has ruby slippers because they thought it would pop. <laughs> and so the idea is that if you were to make a Wizard of Oz movie, she could have silver slippers. That'd be totally fine. But she can't have red slippers because that's what happens in the MGM movie now owned by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Similarly, The Wicked Witch, it's sort of interesting because in the books, The Wicked Witch of the West is just like this old lady. Like, she's an old lady. She's got one eye. She's very grumpy. That's it. In the movie, the 1939 movie, that's where they were like, she should be green. And there is no reason, as far as I can tell, because I looked into this, I'm really fascinated by the idea that, like, this is why witches are green. Witches in our mm -hmm. consciousness and are green. Cackling. Right, because of the Wizard of Oz. This yeah. was not a concept beforehand. Like, occasionally witches would have a weird skin tone where they would be, like, kind of pale because they were, like, undead or something. But this is the first time we were like, witches equal green now. And it's interesting yeah. because um, if you see the original concept for the Wicked Witch of the West in the movie, it was actually going to be more of a, like, Wicked Queen from the Snow White right. book, she, where she was pretty. very chic and fashionable yeah. looking. Yeah, and then they were like, no, she's got to be ugly. That is where the concept of a green witch has come from. And because of that also, you're in some very questionable legal territory if you want to make your Wicked Witch a green witch mm -hmm. who dresses in black. Mm -hmm. And apparently there are all sorts of, like, conversations between Disney and Warner Brothers lawyers where it's like, what color green can we make the witch? Where it's like, she has to be this specific shade of green. Yeah. She can't be this color green, because that infringes too closely on her copyright. She can't have, like, a mole on her face, because that's going to look too much like Margaret Hamilton. A legally distinct green witch. Yes, it yes. really is a legally well, distinct green And then green. They had to do it, Disney had to do it all again when, when they brought in the Wicked Witch on Once Upon a Time, because they also couldn't use the same green. I don't remember too much. I mean, I remember that Once Upon a Time was a thing, and I do remember that the Wicked Witch was on that, but I'd be lying if I told you that I knew too much about I guess, like, how that worked. I guess this happens a lot, like, right? Like, I, I, I never knew it was that specific, but, like, I know that, like, I have these, like, pit, the Young's cast have these, like, they play as these, like, licensed characters in a TTT game, and then they made, like, pins of merchandise of that. Is that they had their artist like, draw legally distinct versions of, like, Left Shark and, like, Hobbs from Calvin and Hobbs. Yeah. They're, like, yeah. not quite the same, but... So I guess there, there is, like, a legal person that must have to look it over and be yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, and to be folks? like, yeah, we won't get sued, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Right. This, is, this, is, this is what you have to do right here. Well, and it's similar to how, like, that's why we have Kong, or Kong Skull Island, we can't say King right. Kong. Right, he's not King Kong, he's just Kong now. Jesus. It's, it's a fucking mess, is the thing. And, I mean, the thing with this is also, is that I think it's perhaps a little bizarre to try and make a prequel to a movie that you don't own the rights to. And now here's the thing. This is not literally a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, right? There are some minor differences. Like in the 1939 movie, Glinda is the Witch of the North. In mm -hmm. this movie, she is the Witch of the South, which mm -hmm. is what she is in the books. You're not really saying that this is literally they, a prequel. Are they not just making a prequel to the book? Are well, see, but they are, right? So this is the thing. Like, they are, right? Yeah. But then they're also including things that you know that you acknowledge from the movie, like the fact that there is a green witch. And, and there's not just like this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Yellow Brick Road is there. The Yellow Brick Road is in the books. So it's not like this is something the movie invented. So what I'm saying is, like, you could, if you wanted to, just make a prequel to The Wizard of Oz. But part of me thinks that, like, what if you have the Wicked Witch show up and she's just like this old one-eyed crone? Our audience is going to be like, but but why not green? Why is right. she no green? Like, this isn't the Wicked Witch that I've come to know and expect. Because our, our familiarity with it is so tied up in the movie. Right. What's it, the legality of, like, what if Disney just made their own adaptation? They could. They, they could. Yeah, they could definitely do it and um but if it was too close to what right it's, it's, it's again it's just that they would have to go from the book not from yeah. anything that appears in the movie so you know you're good with the characters you're good with the plot you are not good with no ruby slippers which yeah. honestly could work but i think we're in a tricky 
cultural situation where it's probably impossible to make an adaptation of The Wizard of Oz without somehow invoking the movie that everyone knows. I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, I kind of wish that someday someone would make an adaptation of The Wizard of Oz that hewed a little closer to the book. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I love the original movie a lot. (laughs) I'm not so attached to it that, like, I could never accept anyone ever trying to make an adaptation of Wonder Wizard of Oz ever again. It feels sometimes like, as a culture, we're not ready for some you don't, you don't think Tin Man was a adaptation? <laughs> oh, where she, her name was DG. In the OZ. Yeah. In the OZ. Yeah. The Outer Zone. Did the evil queen in that one also kind of have a Evanora, Theodora-ish kind of name? I literally don't remember it. Are those names not from the book? <laughs> no. So in the book, the only witch who ever has a name in the book is Glinda. Okay. All the other ones are just called like the Witch of the South. The, yeah. yeah. And so they're not related in the book or the... The book never outright states that any of the witches are related to each other ever. The 1939 movie was one who was like, oh, the Wicked Witch of the West and the Easter Sisters. Okay. And the and North is not related. Yeah. I guess they're not. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And it's like, is the North the South sisters? Like, is it sort of like, you know, two, two, two sisters both alike in dignity? Like, two good two ones. Two pairs of sisters. Right. Two good ones, two bad ones. We the balance must be directions. maintained. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The four cardinal directions. That's right. Well, like, you gotta love that, actually. Like, if there are four, they're like, all right, look, let's each just take a direction, stick with it. <laughs> the movie. So, like, there are these two East and West ones that are definitely sisters, right. and they live in a castle that Herf the North's or the South Fairies Glinda's father ruled? So what the yeah. f*** is going on there? So, like, I guess in this one, what they establish as Glinda's backstory is that her father was the King of Oz. Mm-hmm. Rachel Weiss as Evanora poisoned him and killed and him. Framed and framed Glinda for doing it. And I guess, like, exiled Glinda? Yeah. Or Under that pretense. Right. And because Theodora is literally the dumbest person to ever live, she, all she had to do was hear that it happened. Right. Like, She's sure. like, yeah, yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are they even in the, in the throne? Like, how did they I don't know. Well, she, she says that she's like the advisor to the king or something. So wow. I guess she I was... I think this is why I assume... It got very murky. they were all related. Because I mean, just, that would make a lot more sense, yeah. I think, Especially which... It would be cleaner if they were all sisters and they all had the same father who was king. I think, I mean, it would... I, I think it would be cleaner if they were all sisters or if they were none of them sisters. Right. I think when you say that, like, these two are sisters, it starts to be like, yeah. what's your deal now? I do... I would love it if they were like, okay, but, I mean, Mila Kunis and Rachel Vice could be related, but they look nothing like Michelle Williams. So what are we gonna do? <laughs> well, I guess she's not related. But it's who does Rachel Weiss don't look like? Yeah, they really don't look that <laughs> similar both, at both all. Brunettes. Yeah, they both have dark colored hair, and that's about as far as we go. One of them has a British accent, and the yeah, other one doesn't. So, like, one of them, I guess, went to finishing school in oh. England, and the other one, they just And again, there. this is, like, I America. Mean, so, like, what the fuck is she doing here? I mean, yeah. the accents are all over the place, though, Exactly. Because one of the tinkers kind of had a British accent. Sourface sort of had a bit of a contemporary American accent. I mean, his I, name? Are you talking about Nuck? Nuck. His name's Nuck. Yeah. yeah. They call him Sourpuss. Sourpuss, yeah. I think that's where we're supposed to find that funny. Yeah. Uh, we're supposed to laugh at it. Ha ha ha. Natural comedic talent. James well, I don't th- again, I don't think they told anyone to put an accent on. They just, no, like, everyone's just like, do your own what thing. What you got. Right. Yeah, keep it. if you got him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> As a viewer, it's a confusing experience watching this movie because... I think it is impossible to fully distinguish this from the original movie in the mind. 
I mean, I think the problem is is that it doesn't want you to entirely, right? Like, but, it would be one thing if it committed to not being like the Wizard of Oz, but then it's like, but the witch is green. Right. But are we really supposed to think that, like, then the movie happens? I really don't Because, know. again, it's, like, such a stupid, bummer way to, where he's, like, planting the seeds for maybe Theodora to redeem herself somehow, but then, like, we, don't, we know we she know doesn't. And I mean, that's, if the movie, if the real movie, the 39 movie comes afterwards, no, she just... Right, so that's, <laughs> like, I mean, that's one of my problems with the idea that they're, like, trying to sort of position this as a prequel, but not kind of a prequel. Yeah. Because, like you said, so she turns evil, and then also, like, she turns evil basically because, like, everyone else acted upon her. There's there's no real decision. It's sort of, sort of, like, she also turns evil because she eats a stupid apple. Right, but, what I'm, but like, she, she also, chooses to eat the apple because her yeah. sister's like, oh, it looks like your boyfriend's getting close here's with Linda. That, here's the thing that I think is ultimately uh, frustrating. Uh, before we started, before we all watched this together, Brendan was mentioning about how strange it is that they're centering this story about around a man, whereas uh, typically in Oz, uh, women are the people who are in charge. And I guess it's just such a bummer that when you see most of the women in charge in this situation are just like... Well, I mean, Evanora would probably be fine. I mean, it seems true. like Oz was... I think Evanora's doing okay for herself. Yeah, for like course. she's probably... like. She doesn't seem like a despotic ruler. She seems like that she's greedy and wants power, but all that she's doing is to get Glinda out of the way, and then it seems like she's probably just, like, rule a bit like a sort of, like... Pony, like, (laughs) populist. Yeah, like, not a populist. I think that she's probably... Like, I feel like, you know, most people probably wouldn't. I think she's, like, a lawful evil, like... Yeah, yeah. The fucking peasants probably wouldn't really... Their lives wouldn't be much That's true. By and large, if you don't mess with her, you're not going to feel Yeah, she just wants to have the throne, and when she has it, it's like, right, I'm not going to fuck with you. I need you to work with I guess it's just a bummer that in a setting where women are typically powerful, you see one woman just go to absolute pieces over well, no. James Franco not liking her back. Theodora is awful. Like, yeah. it's just such a bummer. Yeah, I mean, we'll get, cover Theodora a little bit later in greater detail, I think. I mean, I think that the bigger issue here at play is that given that Oz, the Oz books, which I have not read all of them, a lot of them sound pretty crappy. Um, <laughs> continuity wasn't a thing that we cared about back in the early 1900s. Yeah. But so many of them have women as either the main character or like the people who are in control and calling the shots. And this one, it was someone's great idea to be like, but what if about the man instead? And so it's not not to say that like you could not make an interesting story about the Wizard of Oz before he came to Oz. And like, who was he? Why did he become this person that we see him in this movie or in this book? But the fact that it's handled so inelegantly and it makes almost, it makes one of, the, I think, the more iconic female characters in this genre into like this fucking dumbass. Yeah. Really is kind of an unforgivable thing. Just sort of like a reactionary psycho woman stereotype. Yeah. And I think, so we, we talked a little bit. Porn stereotype. We were talking a little bit also about the Wicked Witch, Theodora, about how the, the scene at the end, wherever he's like, if you decide to be good again in a sequel, or something <laughs> you could come back and it'll be okay and she's like no but also like you, uh, per the rules of this movie it's probably impossible unless she eats some other fucking right and so like that's a red patch because like you know that she can't right she because she eat a blue apple yeah because right. <laughs> you as a viewer know that she is the wicked witch of the west and she doesn't become good again unless you want to yeah. do some sort of like mental gymnastics wicked shit and be like but actually she was secretly good this whole time it's like wh- whatever I don't want to get into that right now but like you so I think like you leave the wicked witch of the West in a really weird place for me as a character where I'm just sort of like, I feel kind of bad for this character. I feel bad that like she's 
been sort of, I don't, I don't want to say like gaslit they by every have. other character in her life. She's this poor fucking dope who like no one seems to have ever talked to her or been nice to. And like every major person in her life is sort of manipulating her in some way. And she becomes evil as a reaction to that. And then at the end, she like stays evil. And at the end, she gets killed by a girl who throws a bucket of water on her because she decided to stay evil. I feel bad for this person. Like, I think if you wanted to add some sort of backstory for the Wicked Witch of the West, you can go like one of two ways. You can do it some sort of like ridiculous evil girl boss bullshit where like she's always evil, but she relishes in the fact that she's evil. Or you could do like what Wicked does and be like, oh, but she's she's not evil. She's I, unconventional and people believe she's evil. Blah, 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 blah. When she had uh, political motivations that were unpopular at the time. So that's why she was easily villainized. Like, I, I mean, as problematic as I think the, the writer of Wicked has been and continues to be, I actually thought that was a really interesting treatment of the character. And I think, I mean, Osgrey and Powerful had an opportunity to do that. They, I mean, not necessarily that exactly, but to give this character any kind of interiority. But it's just, it's so hard to take her seriously when this iconic character is literally just boiled down to woman scorned. Like, I don't know how much of the personality attitudes of the witch are, I don't know, I've never read the book, but like, I assume that the reason that she turns green, obviously, and the reason why she sort of cackles a lot after that is like that's what the 39 witch does but right. like is that what the wicked witch is like is she a fucking raging psychopath in the book she's literally you've seen the movie right you know the movie yeah like, in the movie she's there a couple times right she pops in the beginning she shows up every now and then yeah, throughout the, like, in the ah, book I'm gonna kill your dog right in the book she literally just shows up at the end when they go to kill her that's the first time you ever see the wicked witch of the west okay so like she's a very minor character in the scheme of things and she is just this old woman who doesn't like to get wet and doesn't like the dark those are the two things that they say about her as a character and she has an eye that is really powerful and can see shit. Okay. And, like, she's got a bunch of animals who will do shit for her. Okay. Like, this is all we know about the witch. The thing about her being green, about her cackling, about her riding a broom, those are all things that the movie made. That's why witches cackle. That's why we think witches cackle. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, like, that That's movie has, like, defined what we think of when we think of, like, but, a like, stock witch. Isn't it so funny to think how relatively recent that is for something that we treat like it was carved into stone, like, a millennia ago that this is how witches yeah, I are? Yeah, like, <laughs> I do feel like the green witch thing is only, like, on the most, like, banal of Halloween decorations. No, it, it is. It's like, I mean, just like it's the easiest costume. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be a witch and you want people to know you're a witch, you're green. Though, I don't know. I do think the Wicked Witch is, like, the biggest issue here. I, I actually think, like, a lot of the other bits of it are not that bad. But I, I think the bigger problem with this story is what is the arc for the wizard here? Other than, like, it's sort of like a, it's sort of like a shitty, confused version of, like, Lying asshole learns right. That you're right. Good, the, I movie, guess. the movie wants you to think he's this cool anti-hero, but it also wants you to think he's this well, heart of gold. But hero. he's also like a crumb bum, and we know he's a crumb bum. We see him when he sees the throne. He's like, "Ha ha, fucking chair!" And we yeah. see him with the gold. And he's like, "I'm gonna be Scrooge McDuck and dies with the coins." I was surprised there wasn't like more comedy made of that. It was those moments were played surprisingly straight for how much I think that could have actually been a comedic moment. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I, I think what you're thinking here is you're viewing the wizard as some sort of anti-hero type and I don't think he's written as that. He's written as more of sort of like a cowardly... I, I don't know, like, scheming kind of... Well, I think he is, like, a heart of gold. Like, I think through your mentality, yeah. he's meant to sort of discover that, like, he actually does care about people. But, like, he, he is, like, a, he's, like, a sniveling, sort of, like, conniving guy that yeah. is used to avoiding and running away from conflict rather than facing it. Or just, like, cheating his way out of it. Yeah. But, it, I don't know, it, it, that, it feels like the most, like... I guess that's... 
I guess the point the point is that in the Wizard of Oz when you meet him, that's kind of maybe the vibe that you could get from him. But I feel like it's the most elementary take you could. Who was this man beforehand? Yeah, like it's like it's gone man. I feel like there there is also Twickley. Twickley. There's also something I think that this movie could have made about the fact that he's always yelling in the beginning when he's in the tornado. Like I want to be a great man. Like I haven't done anything great. I just want to be something great. Like save my life. Blah blah blah. And I think that there could be something kind of interesting about the fact that in order for him to become a great man, he had to die, become someone else, and now he is someone who can like never physically interact with other people because they like oh. they can't ever like no yeah. one can know that he is like still this guy, right? right. Yeah. So like there could be something interesting to be said about the fact that like yeah you've done what you've wanted to do, but like look what you've had to do to get right. there. Yeah. Or like you've basically lost your humanity. At you've this had point. given up meaningful contact with most other people, right? It's like there are like five people in Oz who know that you are a person and still alive, yeah. and no one else I can mean, ever know. Maybe only I have my own take on what his arc could have been, mm. but it's very different. But I'll save that for my fix. But uh, but yeah, I mean, is it the other another op, another interesting take on that? Like, I, I could be great. Is the idea that like to be great, you can't be good. Like that they're not, you know, yeah. Yeah. like you have to choose. If yeah. you, like you might have to make that choice of like, are you going to be a good man or are you going to be a great man? Yeah. No, that, that's, I think that's a potentially interesting way for it to go too. Yeah. And like that, it could kind of be like a, a, a battle between like Avenora and Glinda of like, which, you know, which Avenora proxy is going to win. Help them be great. Yeah. Versus Glinda, Glinda wants him to be good. Yeah yeah. 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 No, that would, that could, that could definitely work. Yeah. yeah. Not that it's, like, this is going to sound, I, I was going to say that there are too many women, but I think that, like, <laughs> it's going to, it's too confusing to have three witches. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, I just think it's weird because Theodora is so terrible. I think that the best thing is to just excise her from the movie. Theodora is more of a plot device than who, the character. Who cares anyway. that there's, like, you just have the one, just have the other one be the Wicked Witch that we know and love. And, like, just have there be two people because to have, like, the good dynamic and the bad dynamic, it's like the good, the bad, and the fucking idiot, basically, as, as it stands. But, like, My favorite Clint Eastwood movie. If you just had one witch who was, like, turns out to be the evil witch, because, again, you point out how there's this, like, twist that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. It's a two-way twist, because you think right. that Glinda, that the, the Wicked Witch is, is turns out to be Glinda. Right. And then you're like, oh, I guess Evanor is the Wicked Witch. But no, it's, also right. like, it's such a so, basic right there. I mean, okay, I'm gonna, what I would say is I kind of, there is a part of me that likes the fact that the movie kind of toys with you in terms of who you think the Wicked Witch is. I'm not saying this movie does it well, but whenever, so I watched this with Rich, who knew nothing about it, mm-hmm. and he was just saying, like, when we were watching, he was just like, so Rachel Vice is the Wicked Witch of the West, and I didn't want to, like, tell him, no, that's not right, because I was just curious, like, what someone would think if they knew nothing about That is, this. I think, what the movie with like the viewer oh you know the movie because she shows up she's dressed all in black she's got some green highlights on and she's right. like, like the movie tell like there's a big neon sign that's evil pointing well, right at her she walks on the she has like talon nails yes, yes exactly she has a British accent we all know British people are very evil deep down inside Rachel Vice is basically just beaming eyeing evil out of her eyes right and Mila Kunis is like this wide eyed fucking dope so like I think that's what the movie yeah. is trying to show is like like surely she's not the Wicked Witch of the West she's so pure and innocent and stupid <laughs> then did you my fault my fault up, which mm-hmm. I, I, do you, I don't know if you did ask, but like, well, like, who do you if you if you walk in and you think that that's the Wicked Witch, then who do you think Theodora is? I, I that's a good question. I think that you're supposed to just assume she's someone else or one of the other Cardinal Direction witches. Because what Richard asked me is, then whenever they're talking the whole thing about like, oh, you have to go and kill the Wicked Witch, like break her wand and she'll die or whatever. He yeah. was like, so who is this person then that they're like trying to kill now? Because like, if I if I'm as a viewer, if I'm to assume that she is the Wicked Witch of the 
West. Like, who the fuck is this? Is this the Wicked Witch of the East? Like, yeah. is this someone else I've never seen before? So I think, like, the problem that this movie really gets down to then is it becomes kind of confusing where it's like, you think, like, you're, you're telegraphed to believe that this person is the Wicked Witch, but then there's also this person who's the other Wicked Witch, but this person is really the Wicked Witch. They're really Glinda, who we know is the Good Witch, and sort of like, and her sister was secretly the Wicked Witch the whole time. It's just sort of like, like, someone's like snapping their finger, right. like, hey, Wicked Witch, Wicked Witch. It's like, no, no, over here, Wicked Witch. It's just sort of like, you don't even have time to like sit and make sense of it because like, unless you know as a viewer going into this who everyone is, I, yeah. you're kind of just sort of like, but but who? I think it's just to keep it busy to almost give the illusion of there being a mystery or to give the illusion of it being hard to figure out when it's actually quite simple and kind of A to B to C. Mm. But I think to keep the movie going and to keep the aesthetic of, of a mystique that is setting up a twist, they have to keep it busy and keep it moving like that in some sort of way because it is not complicated. It's very simple what the truth of it all actually is. I don't know. Like, it felt like it was just a bunch of fuss to make it look more complicated than it actually was. I mean, it's the easiest way to make a simple story feel like something complex is going on, which is just to keep, like, bouncing things around with such frequency that the audience doesn't have time to register what's actually happening. But again, the biggest, all around. And the biggest counterpoint to, like this notion of who's the Wicked Witch is that, like, if that was meant to be a thing, then marketing destroyed that because they were pretty obvious yeah. about Mila Kunis being the Wicked yeah, Witch. Yeah, I mean, because, again, there were, like, posters of the Wicked Witch where you could clearly see her face. Yeah. There, there was, I think, a mug that Disney had come with. It was, it was, like, one of those, like, you pour hot liquid in and, and it changes. changes. And it was Mila Kunis the Wicked Witch, which is, like, so if you want this to be a secret, you're doing a really shit job of it. Yeah. So I don't know if just no one told marketing that, like, hey, by the way, don't reveal this secret going into it. Yeah. And they ignored it or in, what? But In the book, there is, so there, does the book also have that she lands on that one of the witches to start with? Yes, it does start so. with that. <laughs> And that's how she gets the slippers, right? That's how she gets the slippers. So, that was the Wicked Witch of the what direction? The, now? East. the East. That would be Rachel Vice. So, she technically, so Rachel Vice has the most ignoble task. Yeah, she gets in my house. That's the future she has to yeah. Which I guess it's to, good to know. After she's been disgraced and turned to this old hag with no magic powers, someday a house is just going to fall on her. House. You know, some it, child's just going to like wander in, in out of a house. And it was when Rachel Vice was feeling herself, she put on her silver slippers or ruby slippers, depending on which yeah. version, went out, went out for a little stroll. I may be a decrepit old hag, but at least I got. You look, listen, I have my striped stockings on. I'm going to put them on my bendy curly feet. Yeah. <laughs> New kicks. Because <laughs> don't they bend me? Yeah, they curl in. They go, oh, she takes the shoes yeah. off. They just sort of wither out yeah. like a flower at sunset. But that is also kind of susical, isn't it? When her yeah. legs just sort of go... It is sort of goofy, yes. <laughs> but anyway, I guess I guess that's sort of satisfying in, a, in sort of an askance way of like, well, I'm glad that asshole got a very ignoble death. I mean, Literally, a house was dropped on her. But it's such... Oh, my God. All right, I have to bring up something that's my biggest yeah, issue yeah. with this prequel. Let's this story, go. Is who, who the... What, remind me what the fuck is going on with this prophecy. Oh. And why, uh, why again are Why does everyone care? I mean... Yeah, why is it this, this, this sort of Narnia-esque notion that, like, here's this magical place and, like... The, the fate of all of its citizens falls to a rando who wanders in from another dimension. Yeah. I, I almost feel like the, the, the meta feeling of that is very confusing. 
Yeah. So right. where does the prophecy? Do they explain it? It's, it's something that her dad, Glinda's dad said it, I think is what they say, well, right? Is but it the was fact like, that we never learned yes. about it is, is mind-boggling to me. Well, I almost wonder, did they only bring that up to give it a sense of epicness? Because that is a usual touchstone for fantasy. I mean, I, they bring did it up he, so that every character will buy into it blindly. Why does it have to be a chosen one? Here's why the, do they always need chosen ones We're lazy. Here's the laziest possible thing you could have said, to, just to make me not have this big annoying question. Yeah. Is like, he's from Earth. He's figured out that, like, every so-and-so year, some asshole gets sent to Oz. And so he knows that, like, one day some other asshole is going to get sent to Oz. And he married some Oz citizen, maybe a witch, and he gave birth to three witch daughters. And he says, like, someday some other shit's going to happen, and there's going to be some other asshole wondering it. I don't know how he knows it's going to be a wizard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, like, that would be at least some basic idea that, like, there's this notion of somebody's going to come from Earth and help. But yeah, prophecies I mean, are a problem. For I, I think you just omit the prophecy altogether, really, frankly. Well, it has nothing to do with the movie, it's really. Just, like I said, it's the laziest way to have other characters buy into this. But the problem the with cr- this is, like, how else is he going to... How are you going to get to this initial plot point the whole movie hinges on that, like, he inherits the throne? I don't know. I mean, it's mostly just that, like, he has to show up and do something that convinces Mila Kunis that he is, in fact, a wizard. She sees him do something that she had never seen anyone do before, right? So she sees him descend in a hot air balloon. Maybe that's enough for her, right? Maybe that's just so bizarre and outlandish to her that she can't even comprehend what the fuck he's doing here. But just think someone who's literally capable of magic would not be so blown away by a hot air balloon. Well, everyone is. Even even Rachel Weisz, the smartest character in the movie is, is sees fireworks and is like, oh, shit. Yeah. I gotta book it. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we should talk about like the inconsistency between like what people are impressed by and what they are well, not impressed by. it really by. comes and goes, and that's sort of why I almost refer to like the the vast population of this world as kind of being like Pawnee, Indiana, because it's like they just see this column of smoke with a face projected on it, and they're just like, wizard god! I mean, like, I get being scared by film. Projection is, sure. is like, is enough that I'd be like, well, that is weird, but yeah. like, I, I, I think I mean, like, trying to figure that shit out pretty early. Also, right. you've seen a witch throw fireballs. Is it that different? I guess it's just, I, I mean, I guess it's the, like, the mass, the sheer amount of fireballs that he's shooting at them, right? Yeah. Like, it's not so much... Yeah, fireball's scarier. It can hurt you. Great. Tactics really don't do that much. Yeah. Which I guess maybe if you, don't, if you don't know about it, I don't know. It just felt weak for them to be acting that thrown I agree. Head. I mean, so here, so in the books, my understanding is that the wizard just, like, drops in in a balloon. He's in a balloon. The balloon says Oz on it because that's part of his name. And everyone's like, this, this must be some sort of, like, fucking magic coincidence. Yeah. Like, you must be our wizard now. So we might as well make you the wizard. And I, I think like th- that's basically all Here, that happens. There's, it's, they, a, it's a land of idiots. I'm not going to pretend that these people okay. are they, they, they raise these fucking hayseeds. Again, this is again just like elementary. Get rid of the prophecy fix. Yeah, is that there is no she doesn't find him and go and find oh you're this guy that's going to save us all. Then yeah. it's just that like the world is in terror of this wicked witch because at, at fucking Rachel Weisz has been spreading this hell, and then they all see him come in, and all the citizens are now being like, you are our champion. Yeah. you have the name of our Right, you've got the name of our land. You came yeah. on a balloon that's pretty crazy. Yeah, so we're like, we're shit. very desperate for a hero. So right it's now. just yeah. some classic like idiot washes up on an island, and all the natives are like, "We are yeah. god now." Yeah, the gods must be crazy. Indeed. Yeah, the gods <laughs> must be crazy. <laughs> he comes from bearing a coke <laughs> bottle. Yep. They all lose their shit. Um. We've talked a lot about this. Yeah, we have talked a lot about this. I feel like we've also kind of gone into the concept of just uh, characters, so we should probably just sort of cover them, too, uh, since we're well, here. Yeah, so, I mean, let's start with our main character, James Franco, as... Oh, uh, as the great and powerful. Uh, I hate it. He's uh, miscast. He's terribly miscast in this movie, I think. Um, I, I I've liked him in things. I don't like him in this at yeah, all. Yeah, I... 
I also am just not really here for that kind of character, really. He kind of has, like, a, um, a Keanu Reeves-esque vibe where like he just it's you he can't shake the sort of it's like, weird seeing him in, right? it's weird seeing him in like a period piece yes, for yes. some reason he just doesn't fit in no you, I agree with you do you remember that stoner comedy he made called Your Highness which was a fantasy but with weed I never saw it I uh, I saw part of it it's really bad but this was sort of giving me that those vibes sometimes because he would Several times in this movie, James Franco makes stoner faces. Like, he, there's, like, this big stoner grin at one point where his eyes are, like, really squinty, <laughs> and he's just sort of like, I don't know. And it was, I know what you're talking. It was yeah, taking me back too. to your highness where I'm like, it's, it, it, the, the two things don't mesh. Which, you just look at him, he doesn't look like he belongs in the world. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think that James Franco's ever convincingly played anyone from before, like, the 1950s. To like, be it honest, be done. I think both he and Mila Kunis both look out of place in this movie. I mean, I, yeah. I think Mila Kunis acts. I mean, it's, it's the character. Anyway, I'm... We'll get to, we'll get to it. Yeah. I, I, so the, here's the thing, too, for this movie. So uh, the first choice for this role was Robert Downey Jr. What? That would have made him much more sense. So here's the thing. So Sam Raimi apparently, like, had a preliminary meeting with Robert Downey Jr. He, like, gave him a plant or something as, like, sort of like, this is a thing you do in Hollywood. You give plants. No, I mean, you don't give plants, but just the <laughs> idea that, like, you sort of, like, suck up to someone whenever you meet them sure. on a project where you're just like, here's a present for you. For whatever reason, Sam Raimi gave him a plant. Then later, a couple months on, he went to uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s house and, and the plant was, plan was dying. And Sam Raimi was like offended by this as a concept and was like, you must not want to do this movie very much. And apparently, from what was also said, Robert Downey Jr. was not that into doing it either. But he like saw this plant wilting and was just like, well, I guess this is an omen or something. And decided wow. not to do it. So the second choice, of course, was Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp would have been even more miscast in this role than James Franco. Thankfully, I guess he was committed to doing Lone Ranger at the time. So oh, he could not. No! I know. All roads come back to Lone Ranger, the keystone of our podcast. Thank God we didn't lose Johnny Depp. I know. Wouldn't that have been a travesty? Oh my God! I really thought you were going to say, and he couldn't do it because he was in Willy Wonka or something. Nope. And I was... No, Willy Wonka was Willy Wonka was before this. Way before this, it was um, Lone Ranger. The last of his like good movies. Yeah, and then everything. Oh man, Johnny Depp in this role, he would have loved it. He would have a thousand percent thought he was owning that role and it would have been atrocious. It would have been so bad. I also, I mean, I can also only hope that for both of those actors, they were considering, like, aging up the women a little bit, too, just oh, to you sort would of... Hope. You, you would hope. I don't... You could probably keep Rachel Vice. You could keep Rachel Vice. Sure, but everyone else would have looked I mean, much too Michelle young. Michelle Williams and Mila Kunis are way too young yeah. for it. That said, I don't necessarily think they would have the Kunis. Anyway, so my understanding is that James Franco was kind of like a last-dish sort of Hail Mary. They had done Spider-Man together. Sam Raimi was like, I've directed you in Spider-Man. Why don't you come do this with me? And James Franco said, sure. And so I think it does have the feel of a sort of a last-ditch desperation casting choice for this movie. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, also from what I had read, James Franco's father died while he was making this movie. So oh like, God. He, frankly, he just might not have been feeling it, you know, for a lot of it, too. And who could blame him? Right, which, which you know, I, I, I get. So it's probably not entirely fair. Like, I don't want to blame James Franco for the way this character turned out, because a lot of it's the writing. Yeah. A lot of it's the fact that he's just not meant to play this character in the first place. But it does not do any favors to the yeah. character of Oz. Interestingly, he does not seem to use uh, the feeling of being out of place to further this character. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, for me, Oz is just like, he's just such a fucking shit that I, I find he it is. difficult for me to really in, get invested or care about him as a character is that he's just kind of like this manipulative trickster asshole to most of the people in his life, and aside he, from little broken leg girl and 
Dorothy Gale's mom, who he meets in and the prologue. I hate that. They just re- they really don't give you a reason to like or root for him, aside from him being the protagonist. Yeah. They try. They try. I think the moment with the China girl, and it's supposed to call back to the girl in the audience at his magic show or whatever. Right, okay, it's the pet the dog moment. That- but it doesn't work. Does the whole thing about her being Dorothy's mom, is, I don't remember the movie, yeah. is Glinda based on her mom? No. Nah. That would make sense. It would make sense, it would. wouldn't it? Glinda in the original movie has, like, no counterpart in terms of the prologue It's weird sequence. that Theodora and Evanor don't have a counterpart. In it is life. weird, too. I, I find it very weird how, like, this movie picks and chooses who, who has, like, right. And again, I talked about when we were watching this, that I fucking, I, I hate the prologue. It goes on too long. I don't think the fact that they have counterparts makes any sense in this movie, whereas compared to the original, mm-hmm. because the original is a dream sequence, so therefore it's like, ah, you're someone I know in real life, therefore when I dream about this place, you're a person in this mysterious imaginary land that I've created. Whereas in this one, Oz is very much clearly a real place. Yeah. And so why are, like, these doppelgangers showing up, aside from the fact that we want to be cute and pay homage to the original movie? Does the book ever answer the question of, like, is Oz a real place or is it just a dream? The book is 100% clear Oz is real. So then what, what, does Dorothy still wake up thinking it's a dream in the book? No. In the book, she just ends up back in Kansas, and she's like, great oh, to be and here. And just takes her back or whatever. No, or, I, it's the shoes still. She still does the thing with the shoes she ends up there. She's like, boy, sure is great, but there's not the whole, like, I just had a crazy-ass dream and all you guys were there. Yeah. But yeah, in the books, it is very clear that Oz is real. And in in the book, they don't have... There are no counterparts. No, no. So the counterparts thing, again, just some sort of weird... I mean, it was mostly just... Yeah, yeah. I mean, because in the original one, it was just like... I feel like it was just a convention of the time where they were like, well, people won't believe that fantasy lads are real. So, like, we have to make very clear this is a dream and not at all a real place. And how do we do that? We add counterparts to all these characters. And so we explain that's why she's dreaming the things that she dreams. All right. Isn't the Wicked Witch her aunt or something? It's... um, She's just like this lady who owns the town. Like Owen's um, the in the town, Miss Gulch. Yeah, and then she like claims she has to that take Toto, Toto, like, Toto bit her, right? so she wants to take Toto to have him euthanized or something, uh, right? Yeah. And that's why. And she's so, like the, in that moment in Dorothy's mind, yeah, yeah. she's the witch. Yeah, you know, villain number one. Yeah. Um, who else character wise? Let's. Well, Mila Kunis obviously is the next choice to go into. I mean, just the queen of the Dum Dums. Yeah. Honestly, she's not so much a character as we. Once you know that she's meant to be the Wicked Witch of the West, it just sort of works backwards from there, and the movie just finds a reason. And it really just shoves one on you, and it's... She's very thirsty. She's immediately all over James Franco. James Franco is sort of understandably like, I don't really know you, no thanks. And then uh, it doesn't take, honestly, that that much lying or manipulation to push her over the edge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what it boils down to in this is, like, did you ever wonder to yourself, like, why she became the Wicked Witch of the West? Well, a boy. Boy was yeah, mean right. to her. Therefore, she became. It's literally not even that a boy. The thing is, it's like that's sort of really not it because it's like again, she sort of like is way too into him. He's not really reciprocating that interest that much. And then her sister is just like, yeah, he doesn't like you. <laughs> it's your fault. Or it's his fault. He's evil. It's like really just her sister being a dick to her and completely right. abusive. That's really why she went evil. Yeah. And giving her an apple. And I think the apple is meant to be some sort of bullshit, bad, horrible metaphor for like, yeah. you know, making a bad life choice yeah. or like, oh, because having an unhealthy emotional reaction well and you know famously women shouldn't be eating forbidden apples that end up with terrible terrible consequences i mean i feel like that was not accidental that she eats an apple and transforms into a monster that's also a common disney touchstone of a poisoned apple from Mm -hmm. the evil queen i mean it's common in one story snow white sure but that is one that is commonly referenced yeah i mean i was also thinking there's you know eve remember her yeah, that's what I meant with Good and Eating Apples. Okay, I couldn't tell which obvious one you were yeah. making a point oh, to. Both. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's... it's 
Is the green apple there just so that she's green? Monstrous. She's green. green. It's because she turns green. Apple and green. She's moral. green. Don't be like. Don't, don't eat be apples. Fucking dumb as rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and just believe every piece of bullshit everyone ever feeds you. Literally, don't believe whatever you're told. Because you're so upset by all the bullshit, you like eat an apple and go. Yeah. Home. I mean, it's just I mean, this is going again. This is going, I mean, it's kind of going back to like the problem I had with Rumpelstiltskin. Like, what is the moral here? Like, just don't make hasty decisions right. or something. I don't know. Well, and I guess yeah. like think things through. Like, have a have a <laughs> have an inquisitive mind. Yeah. Or like have a personality and an interior life and desires beyond boy yeah i i mean i i don't know it feels sort Which, of like is that what she wants i, I don't, don't know, know what this it kind of wants. like it feels like it's presenting her as this poor dumbass who was sheltered so much her entire life that she has no concept of how the real world works whatsoever it's mm. so like the first time she meets someone who shows up and is like hey i'm an attractive guy you want to dance with me she's like that's <laughs> like no one's ever given me something just because they wanted to and i'm like right. what what did it what a kind of environment have you been raised no, I know that raises so many questions about what her upbringing was like yeah. like did no one give her anything because they thought her sister was an evil and witch and say something about like you've never met witches or something have you you don't know much about witches but it's like we don't know much about witches yeah. it's true well, we don't what's the deal with them everyone seems to be happy to be ruled by two witches yeah. at the moment so what is the big deal about being a witch I don't know I don't know. She's beyond stupid. She's also, just, yeah. what is a witch? Because if the good witch dies when you snap her wand, is there an equivalent thing? Well, that, for, I mean, the Andrew I guess the Andrew was for her, but then what about yeah. Milkunas? Milkunas has a ring. Did you notice that? She has a red You're ring. You're right. She does have a red ring. Yeah. I guess then they it do glows all have sometimes. Her. They all have a weird little yeah. bobble. Okay, actually, I don't hate that. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, I kind of do, because I just, I don't fucking want everyone to have, like, a little, like, <laughs> thing that holds their power, and if you smash the thing, they're going to die or age or whatever the fuck happens to them. Like, I just hate that lazy ass shit so much. Yeah. It bugs me. Um, I guess we can move on to Rachel Vice. Well, do you, you, I like Mila um, Kunis when she's evil. That's all I'll say. It's the only time in the movie. Uh, I, I, think, she's, I, I think, think she has fun when she's evil. There it is. Which, I, think, I think she has more fun when she's evil. I don't know that I like her necessarily. Which translates to me having more fun watching her. I guess I just don't <laughs> dislike her as much. I do think that it's equally ham-handed and stupid, uh-huh. just of a different form. So, like, instead of her being stupidly, annoyingly naive, she's saying shit like, there's so much good here. Yeah, I mean, like, no, I fucking hate that shit, where she's like, Francisco becomes like a raging psycho. She, right. Every, you yeah. know, everyone, every time Rachel Weisz is trying to say something like reasonable and an order, she's just like, I forgot yeah. And choke their rivers with their dead. And honestly, yeah. like, I kind of wish we had more time to play around with that dynamic because I actually thought there was something interesting there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I just think in general, yes, she's more lively and I do think of the two that's clearly a lot more fun to watch. Um, but her evil is just seems to be evil for evil's sake. It's so unmotivated and the motivation they give you is so unsatisfactory that I don't care. I don't find her behavior, her conduct exciting because it's not motivated in any kind of way yeah, I can I, identify. I think she goes from a two-dimensional character to a one-dimensional character. <laughs> yeah. uh, it just becomes like pure, unfiltered chaos rage right. at that point. And again, like, if we get to that point, I could see that as being, like, earned or satisfying, yeah. but she's never defined outside of wanting James Franco and being dumb. Well, there's so. also... But ostensibly, because the thing is, like, she's all excited because she cares about Oz or whatever, and she, her... Doesn't, doesn't she say something? She says, like, I just want peace in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. and so, like, just because he's, like, macking on all of the sisters, allegedly, which he isn't doing, 
Like, he, that doesn't interfere with, like, your desire of peace. So, like, right. why are you flipping it's out because, about because, that? Because girl dumb. Girl one boy and girl dumb. The, the one thing kind of transitioning to Ivanora, her sister, played by Rachel Weisz, the movie kind of, like, dips its toe in a few times and is kind of interesting but never does anything with, is the fact that, like, she it kind of seems to indicate that Ivanora is a little thrown off right. by how fucking nuts her sister has become. Which I love that as a No, I, I think that's kind of, like, a very interesting thing that they could have done where, like, any time, like, when she's rallying the troops and she's like, like, like go forth and, like, fight for us. And, and um, he's like, kill them all! And Rachel Weisz is like, oh boy. Yeah. I wondered, was like, that... how am I going to deal with this? when there's no more fighting. Right, exactly. Like, if I unleash something that I can no longer control. Maybe I missed this, but I don't think I saw that element in the script. So I wondered, in the lines, I mean, so I wondered, did Rachel Weiss just give us that? I mean, but, so there's the thing. So the one, one of my favorite Rachel Weiss lines is when she goes, oh dear, is whenever, like, uh, Mila Kunis is, like, flipping shit and laughing and yeah. when you see her in silhouette. So, like, to me, that kind of implies that, like, maybe that's what Rachel Weiss latched onto, like, latched onto as an actor. It was, like, the fact that she's saying, oh, dear, here indicates maybe she's realizing that she's unleashed something. Put too much stank in that apple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I would love it if she just had she just a giant it. bottle with, like, a little, like, hamster drip, and it just said stank. stank. <laughs> she, like, licks the apple. Oh, boy. And it's, it's it a lot could, of stank. And it could be that, like, cartoon green, right? That, yeah. Like, the little skull and crossbow Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, going to Rachel Weisz. Um, she's fine. Yeah, I think she's 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 Great. fun. Again, it's another like badly written character who. At the end, I'm still not entirely convinced that she should run away so quickly and being like, oh, no, it makes no sense. like fireworks, I, I he must be most wizard. of her is fine. She kind of plays this, like, you know, underhanded Machiavellian trickster. But then the, it doesn't make any sense that she she follows the true little finger path when <laughs> some fireworks go off and she's like, ooh, I'm outmatched. Yeah, I got split. Yeah. I also, um, I really, we'll use, I guess, to transition to Glinda, but the battle that they have at the end where it's just like, I don't know, it's 15 <laughs> seconds long and she's just shooting light at Glinda yeah. like a fucking Sith Lord. Yeah, and Glinda because, is just holding lightning for one. Evil, by the way. Right. And so, like, that's the thing also. It's kind of like, in terms of differentiating them also, there's a part of me that's wondering, like, are they elemental in some way? Or is it sort of like she has electricity, Mila Kunis is fire, Glinda is, is like water because she has bubbles? Vapor? Yeah, and again, this is unquestionably not the case. Just like but, mist and shit. Right, and so yeah. there's part of me wondering, like, is there a way that like maybe she's air or something yeah. like that? You know, like also, maybe... you know what makes no sense is that what? the wand is like supposedly where her power comes from, but she's leading, going wand first into that. Like, yeah, like, like, like <laughs> racial vice knows what, right, wear it around your neck, wear it on a ring or something. Yeah. Don't hold on a thing that someone can take away from and, you. Yeah, like, and that you would have to hold apart from yourself. Yeah, right, she's like, really using that. Right, and she's like, like holding like, it in Rachel Weiss's face. Rachel Weiss just go, yoink. Yeah. <laughs> then where are you? Raz, you're correct. It is harder to grab the necklace or take the ring off. But right. not, apparently. Not, not, not impossible. Not impossible to grab the necklace. I think Easy. If, if you explode, you just hold onto that necklace and drag it back, you're going to turn Rachel Weiss into an old crone. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of her in this movie? The oh. character of Michelle Williams. Oh, I, li I actually love her. She's one of my favorites. I think, she, I think she does good work in this movie. I, yeah. think, I love that she almost immediately realizes that the wizard's full of shit. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, Lee, you've said this before, but like, she could lean more into it, and I think yeah, it would be I, better. Yeah, I want her to be a bit spicier because she says things... She has this bit where she's like, well, I was about to do a thing, but um, maybe you have an idea? Yeah. But I kind of liked it if she was a bit more spicily, like, maybe, or, or you know, like, maybe you have yeah. an idea. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, do you got something? Yeah. Well, it was interesting, right, because... I did think that was the that was a character where I felt like we actually got glimpses of a character this movie could have really used. Like I just thought it was so interesting this glimpse of a character we got that was like more intelligent 
and maybe like aware than people were giving yeah. on, or picking up on. But she seems to know like, okay, everyone's lashing around this dude who's I know is useless, but I'm going to use him as like a figurehead to like get shit done. And I'm like, yeah, that's a cool angle. Yeah. yeah. To your point as well about the, your, your, your quote that you use for your name. I also just love that. Like, She's both really smart and savvy and, like, is powerful, but also is, like, just a fun, a fun right. lady to yeah. hang around. She's like, oh, I like she, Yeah, she appreciates the munchkins. They sing. It's good. She also, just the way that Michelle Williams played her, she seems very chill. Like, yeah. she, she never seems, like, lackadaisical or she's whatever. Very, very, like, down to earth. But she's, yeah, she just seems very, very chill, you know? Yeah, it's almost yeah. like a vaguely, like, sort of hippie, qual- like, not, like, yeah. stereotypically hippie, yeah. but, like, a little more just, like, in tune with things. Did you all, did you two ever see that, like, Tim Burton, uh, Wizard of Oz? What? Or, no, Wizard of Oz, sorry. Um, uh, uh, Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. Did we ever see fucking Did Alice? We ever yeah. See Alice? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all okay. fucking saw Alice in Wonderland. Too. I think the way Michelle Williams is playing Glinda is <laughs> what Anne Hathaway yeah. thought she was playing. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, 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 that's In that fair. situation. Yeah. And Whereas, like a level, a bridge too far. Well, yeah. Anne Hathaway goes, she Anne Hathaway is like, goes like nuts in that movie. Like, <laughs> well, she, she starts to grab onto too many other things, but I think Michelle Williams nailed what she was going for, which was the this sort of like almost like, it was like a tuned down a toned down Luna Lovegood esque. It's also do you know spaciness. Kira Knightley in Four Realms Without the Heel Turn. <laughs> yes. Well, and maybe God, less a less, less kooky. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She's more grounded and believable as like a uh, living person. I hate, nobody has any right to ever slam Kira Knightley's acting after that movie. No. Ever? Oh, because <laughs> do not. That's what, so. What she, she's I so can, fucking great. Do not hate for her ever. Well, again. I also <laughs> don't think I have ever seen a performance or a character like that ever in my life. It's, just, it's so nuts. I love her. I love every choice she makes in that movie. She eats her hair. She's got her, like, her wood art, her soul art. Come oh, on, boy. Yeah, and she, like, turns, she turns into, like, sassy, sexy. Well, like, I, I love a boy. Yeah, and I'm just like, I love a metal drama. Whatever. It's like, oh, I just, love it. I, those instincts, I were, were so strange, but they worked so yeah. well. It's like, inter- it instantly makes the movie interesting for once. <laughs> I actually would have loved to have seen that character just transposed, like, whole cloth into mm. this. Wouldn't that have been fun? Yeah, as a, as a witch character? Yeah. Yeah, a yeah. psychosexual Wouldn't you have witch. taken that instead of Mila Kunis? Oh, Here I mean, sure. As, as crazy candy lady. Yeah. <laughs> as like an outwardly buckly who turned out to be a fucking psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's what you needed. If you were going to have both wicked witches in it, that's what the other one needed to be. Not some, not some fucking awful Mila Kunis, but some like outwardly sugary, like coming on way too strong, who then turns out to be a, a batshit insane. <laughs> but who is still... Super sugary and coming yeah. way too strong. <laughs> like even after the turn, yeah. she's still mega saccharine. Still like, oh yeah. Hi. <laughs> oh, I get so horny and weird. So good. <laughs> I really love it. She, uh, she deserved an Oscar that year. I swear to God. Yeah, Glinda's great. Yeah, um, um, you really can't say much about Monkey and. Jack no, Paul. I think Zach Braff does a fine job voice acting. Even though it's still weird to like hear Zach Braff in Oz. Like yeah. there's just something that doesn't compute there. Um, Joey King is the China doll girl. Like, fine. You know, nothing wrong there. Yeah. She, I mean, she does the work. Zach Braff sounded good. Um, yeah. Still, it was weird to be like Zach Braff in... Of Scrubs? But again, not that everyone sounds weird here. It's true. Yeah, that is certainly true. Um... I don't yeah. think there's so much else. There's not really any other major characters that, in this movie. Yeah. We got, we, I mean, we've spent too much time on Yeah. I think we uh, have to devote some time, not a lot, but to the insanity of the, the production. Of the yeah, movie. I think we yes. can just cover real quickly um, the goopy CGI nonsense that is this visual yeah. It's palette. like a worse Maleficent because it was made before Maleficent, so it looks a bit shitter. It yeah. does, and everything 
has a graininess and a muddiness, especially when you get into uh, uh, small characters' faces. Uh, the face on the monkey that Zach Braff is voicing it. is very bad. The eyes yeah. are like too big and they look like glassy. Yes, they it look, look yeah, I mean, It looks to me like someone like grafted a monkey face onto a child or something. Mm. So like, it's not quite either. It looks like um, it looks like a video game texture that was stretched over a weird polygonal face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just doesn't work. Some yeah. of the things are fine. Like Emerald City looks amazing. Emerald yeah. City looks fab. The yeah. palace looks great, but like the, a lot of the costumes look the good. The landscape of Oz in general looks awful. I mean, it, it just looks like, like too kooky and susy. Well, yeah, and again, and also then you throw in like the weird little like water goblins or whatever the fuck they are, right. and like, like so there's tiny little like CGI gnome things, oh, of course. It's the same CGI nonsense that we got in the second Maleficent. Well, and same first. CGI nonsense that we got. Yeah, they're in both Maleficence. It's the same CJ nonsense we got in the Four Realms, where it's just sort of like, instead of getting the impression of a big, beautiful world bursting full of so much different life, you just get this samey mishmash of shit that your eyes don't really differentiate. I feel like they just got a bunch of, like, uh, 3D graphic design... Assets from other graduates people. Graduates <laughs> yeah. who are, like, Jim Henson wannabes and just creating these, like, rejects creatures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, all of it just feels like Avatar came out and everyone was like, oh, this is what we have to do. Floating rocks with waterfalls. Yeah, right. Like, the geography has to be, like, improbable and weird. We need to have, like, tiny little flying things. Like, it, everything's got to be, like, just like Avatar. I wish we had, um... And you'll see in my fix, I, I go there, but I, that we had just stayed in the Emerald City more, because I just thought that aesthetic was really cool. Yeah, I mean, again, I like the Emerald City. I think Whenever it's they're also, walking around on those walkways, yeah. I loved the yeah. vista of the city. Yeah. I think it's weird that you don't see anyone in the Emerald City until the end yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it looks very blank and tall. <laughs> yeah. And again, the fact that they're called the Winkies are so fucking goofy. Yeah, it, it, when I was... My Winky guard. When I was reading Wicked, which I think it can be funny, but it's, for the most part is a serious book, quote-unquote. It yeah. is funny to be, like, have people seriously being like, but the Winkies. Well, no, because the thing in the book is they're called Vinkus. Oh, and Winky right. is like, a th like, oh, we don't say that word. It's that's like slur. offensive to them. Like, yeah. don't call them Winkies. I forgot about that. Yeah. But they are, they call them in this movie. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's like a thing that Wicked created yeah. so that they could avoid having to say Winky so many times in a yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, that's something from like the original, which is like fine when you're writing like a children's story designed for eight-year-olds. If you have to have like an adult series to be like, hey, Winkies! Yeah. You're kind of like, uh, I don't yeah. know about this. Um, it's like if you just made like a sort of like a adolescent, more adult version of Candyland and having to change all the names. Yeah. Because you can have a serious conversation. Exactly. <laughs> you can't say Lord Licorice in a movie like that. Yeah. Uh, just a little bit more on the production design thing. I think even if the 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 cues the costumes give you are very obvious, for the most part, they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. my only complaint is, I think Eleonora and Theodora's... Evanora. Huh? Evanora. Oh, sorry, what did I say? Eleonora. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Evanora and Theodora's costumes are... If I mean, they're not setting the world on fire, but they're, like, cool enough... I just think the way they, like, Linda's is just so, like, party city fairy princess looking. I mean, I, 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 I think Linda's is supposed to look sort of, like, low-key and natural, like, something that she could have made herself, I kind of, almost. Yes. I think it's just supposed to be the show that, like, Linda's, like, Linda's not like other girls. Right. <laughs> of course not. I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that because I do think that Glinda's looks a lot like a color palette alteration of Evanora. I think her outfit at the end does. The yeah. OG one that she's wearing in the cemetery is just kind of a white dress. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Toward the end, You're it gets right. a little bit in more. In the end, intricate. they do kind of. I mean, like it's a color palette swap. It's yeah. so hard to tell, but the evil one is wearing the black right. version of the yeah. dress, whereas the good one's wearing the white version of the dress. Yeah. Do we all get that? Yeah. To be all, I know, like, I'm all theory is really confusing. What's that now? <laughs> so the one. 
one thing that I still, uh, I, I'm not quite sure if it would work this way, is that we found out that the Wicked Witch's hat was made by Mila Kunis punching her hat inside yeah, out. Yeah. Which, like, it was a flat-topped hat. I don't think if you, you know punch it, it was it's going to turn into a point. Maybe it was, like, designed that way to have... It was magic. <laughs> it was magic, right? Yeah. It was magic. Witches, when witches punch them inside of a hat, it turns, it turns into a point. That's how they do it. Also, I don't know the optics of a, a village full of porcelain dolls called Chinatown. Yeah, with, with a with a character like, that gets yeah. no name outside of being called like, China Girl. It's like yeah. a long. It's like a not great joke in the in the first place. The yeah, of yeah. Being like there, there's like lip. I don't think there's like enough to like even like there's not enough time to like talk about like sort of the awkwardness of having Chinatown finally yeah, yeah. show up in an Oz movie and having to deal with like is that from the books? Yeah, yeah. there is no, no. like that is a thing in the books. It's in the original like Oz book and it always gets cut because is like it, it doesn't matter the same pun of it being yeah. like I don't know see this is the thing I don't remember if it's literally called Chinatown yeah. or if it's just called like China Doll Country or whatever the fuck <laughs> is you know uh, I, I, so I, I can honestly tell you if Chinatown has any canonical That'd be really use the idea that it's like imping on our American R- right of like Chinatown, Chinatown. yeah it's, it's a, a little and then also it's like voiced by a white kid yeah. so it's just like well I get that it's like it's a doll made of China it's not yeah. a Chinese doll but it is sort of like let's why think about well I, it's just mostly just like, like let's think about how we want to present this I think yeah like you yeah when you put the word Chinatown together everyone is going to assume that you're referring to like a Chinatown, district yes. full of Chinese, Chinese people, people yes. and businesses but like it, to do it for like a, a silly pun and then not have any connection to that like it's it's jarringly place. weird to yeah. read on a sign yeah. and be like oh Chinatown? Yeah. That's uh, it. That's how it's very powerful. I have my fix ready. Go. When you get started. Everyone has a fix ready. Well, yeah. If you don't have it ready, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, it's you better hurry and think about it. That's actually a very good point. I gotta write down some notes real quick. Um, okay, so my thought is, um, he, Oz, our, our guy... Um, our boy. Our boy. Your boy Oz. Um, I, I still want him to kind of start off as a scumbag, but I want him to have, before this point at which he is just, you know, like a huckster at the carnival... Um, I would like for him to have had some sort of past career that he maybe, like, flubbed out of. Like, maybe something that was resting a lot on his, like, wits and charms and theatricality, perhaps a lawyer at the time, who kind of, yeah, like, hard times, he's a magician at this, like, low-rent circus, through some magical hinkery-do, ends up in Oz, but I want us to pretty much stay in the Emerald City, and I would like this to be a situation in which... The king has been recently murdered. Glinda has still been framed and has basically fled the city, but is maybe hanging around in some way trying to run a, like, underground resistance. Most of the action is going to stay in the Emerald City, and it's going to essentially be about this guy who was mistaken for the wizard, a figure that they are expecting to come in and fix everything, um, is kind of rising up into this really thorny, complicated political situation with Evanora, the power behind the throne of crazy, raving Theodora, who is already in wicked witch mode. Mm -hmm. Um, We can just say that she was turned that way through machinations of uh, Evanora's that we can, you know, figure it out over the course of the movie. But I wanted to dig into more of this dynamic between the two of them, you know, this chaotic, powerful witch who is maybe only half the time successfully wrangled by her equally evil, but more maybe like composed sister. And that um, the wizard earns this title and this level of respect by seeing how this uh, current government of the city has like oppressed 
this group of people. He earns this title and this leadership position through kind of working with Glinda to like unite them and overthrow this thing. But that to me makes more sense and is like a more compact kind of us versus them story without opening like stupid complicated doors where you give the least satisfying answer for someone to turn evil ever. Um, I think it could end with Evanora is essentially that movie's main villain. I think it just makes more sense. One of the things I thought was weird about the movie was that she and Mila Kunis essentially have a like fly out flounce out one right after the other and it's more or less identical. I wanted them to just sort of come away from each other but in their conflict they're the ones that kind of like split apart and leave, not because like James Franco tore them off so bad. Nice. Yeah. I can go. Yeah, go for it. I'm, it's messy. I don't have a lot of like ideas. I don't. I I've started to have more ideas, and I don't think that all of these ideas work uh, unified. But mm. I'll just sort of say them all. Yeah, let's go. This yeah. is literally the problem that I had. Is I start yeah. going with like individual ideas. Like, do they mesh? I don't, I don't know. know if all of these go together. But <laughs> so my initial thought was that I wanted. The arc. Uh, I wanted Oz to be built a bit differently, and I wanted his arc to be a bit different. Where instead of having this like scheming arc, I thought about that projections thing of having the characters similar to the movie have like it's like their own versions of themselves in Oz, and maybe you just make that more of the movie. If there's this like dream world version where all of these people are like people that he's seen in real life, then like what would the story be that he gets out of like this experience he has where mm -hmm. these people are like this? So I thought maybe. Um, he is like a sort of tinkerer and inventor that does this like traveling circus and a lot of his living is like is, is entertaining people out of their like sort of miserable depression era lives with like all of these like stories or like mm. fictions that like or spectacles that make people think the world is like a better place than it is. He sort of he starts to sort of feel like this is a utterly like useless like he's like because there's like you know maybe there is that girl who has no legs and he realizes like actually what the fuck good or anything that i like all of my stories are like lies because like i can't fix real life problems with these and is maybe a little bit like disillusioned or disheartened by this and so maybe then he's you know this mystical shit happens and he ends up in oz and maybe he does get his into his hot air balloon and his hot air balloon like the original movie just lands on some whatever monster or like <laughs> wicked witch sent awful thing is like terrorizing a local village and it has like his name on it and everyone gets out and is like oh my god this guy came down from the sky killed the beast and he's got the name of our lane on it. He's probably a great hero sent to save us from like this awful wicked witch that's terrorizing the kingdom. And this is where this is where a second set of ideas that I'm not sure if they if they still go with the, the rest of the movie. But like I think that you have Glinda, and it is like the woman that he sees in the prologue, who is like maybe the one that got away mm -hmm. a little bit. And I think like instead of Theodora, it's Glinda that meets him, and she's the one that is like, oh, um, wow, like, maybe you are like I guess. But I kind of want to have it be have it be a bit winky, where she's like like the winky guards. Yes, <laughs> like the winky guard. No, like I want to have her be somewhat to the similar to the character that we get in the movie, except that she is playing the role of the sort of naive Theodora here, um, where she like she happens to be around while this attack was going on in a town nearby the, the Emerald City, and all the villagers go up to her and are like, "Look at this great hero!" And, just, and she's sort of like, "Oh, great, a hero!" And she's sort of a bit like quizzical about it, but she's like, "Oh, well, we must take you back to the city," and takes him to Evanora and is like. Evanora, look, there's this, like, great, powerful, I guess, wizard who came here and he's gonna, like, save us all. And you have the same sort of power struggle, and Evanora explains that, like, great, well, um, yes, you will, we will absolutely, like, reward you handsomely if you can deal with um, the Wicked Witch who's doing all this crazy shit. 
And so he does have to go off and do that. And the Wicked Witch is, is, turns out to just be like whatever the other Wicked Witch is, the East or whatever. East, yeah. I guess it would be West. Yeah, it could be West or East. Yeah. I'd probably make Evanora West because oh. she's the better, she's the more well-known yeah. Wicked Witch. And so she might as well be that one. And so the, the Wicked Witch that he goes to deal with is another actual Wicked Witch. And it turns out that they're all sisters and their king was the ruler and Evanora had poisoned him, uh, and now there's, like, this... It turns out that both of the sisters are assholes, and they're both plotting for... So, like, this idea that there's, like, a Wicked Witch is really just that, like, one of the sisters has, like, split with the other one, and is, like, they're just sort of battling it out for who gets the throne. And Glinda, the youngest, is pretending to be, like, an idiot and on Evanora's side, but is secretly has, like, a, a underground, like, uh, what is the word of resistance, resistance. effort mm-hmm. that she leads because she knows that, like, her other sister's bullshit. She knows Evanora's bullshit. And she's just, like, sort of biding her time and waiting <laughs> for a moment to, like, deal with both of them at the same time. And it sort, of, it sort of stumbles on... So she sort of has to play the part of this, like, idiot to bring him around. And then he gets up in this, like, dangerous mission that he... It goes kind of badly for him. And he maybe meets the China doll and the monkey the same way he does and uses his, like, trickery and, and methods to, like, f- fix both of them a little bit. And she has to sort of like stop the his like awful you know mission from going really south and get him out of there and at this point it sort of recruits him and is like oh listen like I know that you're full of shit I was just pretending to be dumb because I've really I've got a lot on my plate right now and it's just better if I sort of stay in the palace where I know that I can get information and maybe we can help each other and I think that then the rest of the movie is like there are all these people that I really don't know who the other sisters would be then. If they, if I'm doing this dream projection thing, like I guess yeah, like who are they? In the I world guess world? they have, she has sisters. Yeah, I don't know what the that's just where it sort of falls apart. Where like you I don't them, know like, two bitter spinsters who are like yeah, on, like I, a rocking chair knitting behind. Like her I, or something. I don't know why what they're doing allegorically in this dream world, but yeah. I think allegorically what the the whole purpose of the dream world is that. He sort of does have, like, because the glue can mend the China doll girl's legs. Like, I mean, the movie gets into this a little bit where the girl's like, I want my family. Can you grant the wish? And he's like, well, I can give you a new family. But the idea that, like, there is good that he can do even if he can't, like, fix impossible situations. Like, that the dream world is there to teach him that he can, he's getting good shit done. And, like, he's giving people hope and he's like... Even if he can't, like, deliver on the material things people need and want, he can still, like, enrich their lives. Yeah. Which so is a beautiful message. That's kind of the arc. But then I, I really don't know at that point what the other two sisters are doing unless there's some sort of... And, like, what happens to him when he wakes up right. in the real world? And, like, does he does he go after the one that got away and is, like... And punch her sisters. Up? Yeah. <laughs> is she under the throw of, like, her sisters? they trying to marry her off? Or, I don't know. I really don't know what the connection would be there or if there would be a connection that I would get into that much. But that, that's vaguely... I think the more important idea is this arc of, like, a disillusioned person who's like, I can't get any, you know, I, I, nothing I do matters. I can't, like, fix real problems. And then learns that, like, even, you know, what, what you're doing is, is good enough. Mm. You know, don't punish yourself. Anyway, that's it. Okay. So for mine, I think the biggest issue for me with this movie is that it's following the wrong main character. And the main character is clearly should be Glinda. Mm-hmm. Glinda is the one who we care a little bit more about. Uh, so I think what it starts with, it doesn't have the prologue because it starts entirely in Oz with Glinda as a character who is not dissimilar from how she is in the movie, but as the note I had said was more spunky, which is not necessarily perhaps what I want exactly, but <laughs> something akin to that. Uh, she is best friends with Theodora uh, in this version. Like, they're both two like sort of like witches like up and coming in the world where it's like, I think what you're going to establish sort of is that you have like the four cardinal direction witches and then you just have a bunch of other people who are like, right. oh, we're witches too. Why not? Why aren't there more witches. And so what sort of happened in this world is that uh, one day the ruler of Oz, Ozma, just like fucking vanished and it threw basically the entire land into complete like chaos where now like there's a power vacuum and everyone's going nuts trying to sort of command control of it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a witch from the west 
named Mombi who shows up and she's like, like, who's going to fucking stop me if I sit on the throne? And they're like, well, I don't know. And so then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, this balloon lands in the middle of Oz and this guy, it's labeled Oz. This guy comes out of it and he's like, what just happened here? They're like, holy shit, are you the fucking wizard? And he's like, um, I suppose I could be. And so the way it's going to work is that his character is a little bit more, um, he he has like that, that weird hard on for Edison in this movie. And so I think instead of sort of being like a carnival huckster, he's more of an inventor type Mm -hmm. character. Maybe he's worked in the lab of Edison or something, but he's kind of like a little bit of a fuck up. So everyone's just sort of like, oh great, this fucking idiot. And like the whole thing about his, his character that I kind of like from the 1939 movie is whenever they find out that he's not a big floating head, he's just a guy behind a curtain. Dorothy says like, you're a very bad man. He says, no, I'm, I'm a good man. I'm just a very bad wizard, which I think is an interesting way to inform his character is that like, no, actually like he's not a shitty person. He's just like, he's not capable of doing the things that you think he's doing. And so what I think it is, is that like in the, like in this movie, Glinda is the one who like sort of sees right through him almost instantly, but she knows that in order for her to sort of advance her own agenda, she needs to sort of ally herself with him, which was something I kind of talked about with you guys whenever we were watching this movie beforehand. No one will listen to Glinda as she is, but if she's teamed up with this guy who everyone thinks is the wizard, everyone thinks is all powerful she has a way of like making things better for everyone the thing that she does not do is she does not tell theodora about this she sort of believes that it is in her best interest to sort of let everyone else think that this person is actually the wizard because like she thinks that this is the way to go of course this is wrong she'll find this out later but what eventually ends up happening is that like there are various magical battles Theodora is the one who faces off with Mombi the Witch in the West Theodora like is horribly injured in this battle I think she loses an eye Mm -hmm. and she defeats Mombi the other witch in the West and so that's when afterwards Mombi is probably the one who reveals to her because she's like up and up and has spies everywhere she's like you know that like Linda actually knows that this guy's not a wizard and like you've been fighting for just like this this like fucking idiot who flew down in a balloon like what, what are you even doing here anymore and so like she confronts her and they have this big falling out about why did you think that like it was good for you to not tell me this thing like that's so she basically becomes evil because you know Glinda sort of like misled her right. as to what was actually going been, on here that kind of like, makes sense as a betrayal yeah and I think it makes it a little bit better than like she's mad because the like the boy talked to someone else or something like mm-hmm. that and, and I think it places a little bit more of emphasis on Glinda and uh, her relationship with another female character rather than making about him and basically it's going to end sort of with her and the wizard sort of like teaming up as friends. The wizard is, you know, calling the shots in the Emerald City is basically like, you should be the Witch of the South. Why don't you just take it over, do what you can. Like, we know that there's the one in the West. We know that there's this other person in the East we don't know too much about. And we know that there's, you know, another good witch in the North. But like, you know, hey, maybe you should be calling the shots while I'm sort of having to rule here as a big floating head of smoke. That's it. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. You went in different directions again. Yeah. I like that. No, it's good when we're not different. Yeah. We're not too similar. Would you recommend it? No. No. I don't know that I can't. I honestly, like, no. I forgot this movie existed. It sucks, honestly. I was, like, a little excited to rewatch it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, actually. Yeah, and I mean, there are still elements of it that I enjoy, but there's just I so just much can't get dumbness. Over how much this movie just, like, just shits on women. I mean, yeah. 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 They just come out. Women, I mean, everyone comes out looking bad in this. It's not like Madden, I guess, are great either, but there's just a lot more misogynistic bullshit in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. No. All right. Well, having, <laughs> having adequately covered that, uh, please join us again in two weeks. We'll be doing a mini episode. Uh, as always, www.dratpack.com is our website. Facebook.com slash Podcast is our Facebook. And bye! bye.